War II General Douglas MacArthur. I love this statement. One time he made this. He said, the enemy is in front of us. The enemy is behind us. The enemy is on our left and on our right. They can't get away this time. I love that. First John 5, 4 says, Because everyone who has been born from God, what's born from God? That would be every person who has been born again, every person who has believed upon Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Have we got anybody in this room that's done that? Everybody in this room that has believed upon the Lord Jesus and accept him as your Lord and Savior, say amen. Amen. All right, then, then I, wanted, I wanted to clarify something for you before we go any further. These are your verses. Everyone who has been born from God, that's you, right? Has won the victory over the world. Our faith is what wins the victory over the world. Who wins the victory over the world? Isn't it the person who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? I'm going to give you three truths. These could be taken and used as the points for a great message. These, these truths, these are transcultural truths that can be gleaned from these verses. They will serve as the foundation for everything else we're going to say this morning. But these three things are true in any place, in any culture, in any time frame since the time of Christ. These things are true. Here's what can be known per these verses. The first thing that we know, because what these verses just tell us is this. All believers have already won the victory over the world. That's what the verse says. Now, you're looking at me, but I, I want you to get that. You said to, you told me a minute ago that you were a believer. You told me a, per, a minute ago that you were a person who had been born of the Spirit. That means that all believers have already won the victory over the world. The second thing that I learned from this verse or these verses was this. Our faith in God is what wins that victory. So your faith in Christ made you a believer, which made you a victorious person, which means you can now live in victory because you've already won. You're a believer, and your faith has made you a believer. So the third thing that I find from these verses is, anyone who believes on Jesus as the Son of God is victorious. So you've already done this. That's good. But this is not just for the ones who have. This is for anyone who will. So look back at it. All believers have already won. Their faith in God's what won them the victory. And anybody else from here on that believes on Jesus as the Son of God as their Savior is victorious. The question to you is this. Do you feel like you're winning? Some, yes. You feel like you're winning? I want to explain something to you again. Our position in Christ is not based upon how we feel. What is it based on? Our faith. Our faith in Christ is what causes us to become a son or a daughter. We, we, we have been redeemed and we are 
purchased with a price. We believe upon the Lord. We become part of the family. And the word says that we are winners. We are victorious. But sometimes due to circumstances in our life, we don't feel like we're winning. But the good news is it doesn't matter what you feel like. You don't have to feel like you're winning to still be winning. Because you already have won. And maybe what you need are just a few more tools from the word of God in order to help you feel like. Can we get you from knowing to feeling? I don't know. I, I know the answer to that is not every day. I, I think some days maybe I could get up here and coach and fire you up and it might change circumstance, at least in your mind. But for some of you, you're like, man, I'm so far up underneath it right now that you can cheer and rah-rah and 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 you know do whatever you want to do and i'm still walking out of here knowing i got to go back out there and i still don't have the money to pay my bills and i still can't get my wife to talk to me i still don't know where i'm going to go to work tomorrow so you can say whatever you want to say but i don't feel like a winner right now i feel like due to the circumstance of life i'm losing right now you said i'm winning but i don't feel like i'm winning So here's three keys to victorious living. I think these are very important. Write them down. Number one is the word perseverance. The first key to living a victorious life is to be a person of perseverance. Well, you say, well, that's not groundbreaking. I mean, we all, everybody in here, we all knew that. We've been taught a thousand times in messages that we have to persevere. I believe that perseverance is the person's choice to live in victory. This is where we go from knowing that I have it to me deciding I'm going to do it. Perseverance makes a decision. It says, I am going to persevere. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to do this. And we talked last week a little bit about don't throw in the towel. You remember that? We're not going to throw in the towel. So here we are on the third week. On the third week, why is it the Lord keeps talking to us about getting our minds right? Here we are on the third week. God is trying to help some of us get our minds in a place where that we can be victorious. Perseverance. That's first. That's first because it's where we make the choice. Where we say, I will not quit. The old preacher, G. Campbell Morgan, he told a story about a man who had a business, and it was a family business. It was a small business, family business. One night, it burned clear to the ground. And the next morning, that man got up and set up a sign right in the midst of those charred ruins. And the sign read this way. Everything has been lost except my wife, my children, and my hope. Business as usual tomorrow morning. Right? I see you looking at me. Some of you are nodding your head, but you're still kind of quiet. How about James chapter 1 verse 12? It says that blessed are those who endure when they are tested. Then it goes on to say, check this out. When they pass the test, it didn't say if, did it? 
when they pass the test, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Blessed are those who endure when they are tested because when they pass the test, they're going to receive the crown of life that God has promised. God has promised to those who love him. You got a crown coming. So here's what I would say to you if you're in the midst of it. Get up. Get back up. And keep on getting back up every time you get knocked down. Getting knocked down doesn't make you a loser. I didn't look up these, uh, up, but I, I read this years ago, but it's been a while, and I didn't look it back up, so I can't quote this correctly. And Maybe some of you avid sports fans would be able to, but the old running back Walter Payton ran for the Chicago Bears. You remember that? And, and I heard the statistics they gave on that guy one time, and literally by the time he finished his career, I don't remember what the average was. It was somewhere around probably five, six yards a carry he averaged lifetime. And the dude had literally, in his lifetime, he had literally run miles on a football field. But here's what people weren't thinking about. They were like, wow, look how many yards he gained. Look how many touchdowns he scored. Did you know that almost every time he ran with the ball, at some point he got knocked down? One yard into the carry, four yards into the carry, somewhere at some point, Every time he ran with the ball, somebody was trying to knock him down. Just because you're running with the ball makes you a target. Just because you're trying to do something, you're getting somebody's attention. The devil's, or maybe not, maybe someone else's who is jealous, somebody that just doesn't like you, you've made yourself a target just by trying to do something. But the fact that you keep getting up is what's going to mean make the difference. Here's something you understand. Based on the word of God, I'm not, I, this isn't me, based on the word of God, something you need to understand. You can't lose if you just don't quit. You, it's impossible for you to lose. You can't lose. All you got to do is just get up one more time. And then one more time. Perseverance is going to be the first key to living a life of victory. The person who decides they're going to live the life of victory says, yes, I understand that I'm still going to be a target. Yes, I understand the devil's still going to come. I understand life's still going to happen. But here's the choice I have made it. I have made in order to live in victory, I'm going to get up every time I get knocked down. I'm not going to quit. I will persevere. Remember that the next time you want to. The next time it's easier for you to just say, you know what, it's Sunday morning. I don't feel like going to worship. I think I'm just going to stay in bed. Remember that. The winner that says, it doesn't matter how I feel. What matters is what I know. And I'm going to put myself in a position this morning to get in the word, to get in the worship, to get myself fired back up. I'm going to do something today to get myself off center. That's not going to happen if I just stay here in this bed. I'm going to persevere. Number two is purpose. Purpose. Mark 10, 45 said, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as ransom for many. Now, my question to you is what greater purpose could a person have on this planet than to serve others? 
You say, what's that got to do with perseverance? Well, perseverance is the choice not to quit. Purpose is what you're going to do in the midst of the season when you've decided not to quit. Because the situation can still be bad. But a lot of times, for a lot of people, as soon as the situation's bad, they lose sight of their purpose. Situation in bad, I'm sick, I'm broke, I'm hurt, I'm out of job. Okay, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to sit here and wait for God. Purpose will take that from first gear into second. Purpose will say, oh, I got up this morning and I don't have a job. I got up this morning and, and my wife's mad at me. I got up this morning, whatever. But I still have a purpose and that is as long as I have breath, I can serve somebody. I could do something good for somebody. I can minister somewhere to someone. I can minister at school. I can minister at work. I can minister at the, in the marketplace. Someplace I can do some good. I, I have persevered in that I'm going to go ahead and get out of bed. And now I'm going to go ahead and remember my purpose. And that is there's something good I can do today. I purposed it in my heart. Helen Keller. Did anybody ever have two strikes against them starting right out of the gate worse than her? Do you know of anybody that had two strikes? How about what Helen Keller said? She said, many persons have the wrong idea about what constitutes true happiness. It's not attained through self-gratification, but through fidelity to a worthy purpose. That's what she said. That's purpose. I think that if we would seek to serve other people and be generous and be selfless, we would all enjoy a greater sense of self-worth and success. I believe that. Steve Riley made this statement a few years back. He said, don't pray for a generous heart. Practice being generous and your heart will fall into line with your actions. How does that work? That's the person who says, I choose to do something. I choose to serve. I choose to be generous. Well, let's talk about generosity for a minute. That's a tough one for a lot of people. It's like that person who is praying, God make me generous or God make me a servant. But they don't do anything different than what they've been doing. So it doesn't change. And their statement to to you is when you say, well, you're not doing anything. But they will say to you, well, I'm waiting for God to change me. You ever heard anybody say that? I want to be a generous person. I'm praying that God will change me. And here's what that person's asking God to do. They want some Sunday for them to be sitting in their chair and the usher to be standing next to them. And they want miraculously for money to come floating up out of their wallet and go up and land in the basket. At which point they would look at their wife and say, look what God did. He has made me a generous giver. God has turned me into a tither. Did you see what he has done? That'll never happen. God is never going to make someone be something different than what they are. God, I'm praying for you to cause me to want to serve people. I'm praying for you to cause me to want to. So what are you going to do tomorrow? Well, I'm going to sit right here and wait for God to tell me what he wants me to do. Well, guess what? Go somewhere and start doing something. And in the midst of that, you'll figure out, hey, look, they need me here. Somewhere I'm needed, but you're not going to find that sitting at the house. God, make me a servant. God, give me a ministry. As soon as I get done watching this television, God, I want you to put me where you want me, and I pray that you'll 
starting tomorrow when I get done with this here. And we get up the next day, like I still don't know what God wants me to do. And God said, I just wish you'd go somewhere. Just go somewhere. Just do something. And in the midst of a, of the, of a, of a choice that is made, a consistent choice that I'm going to do something, you will find something to do. I want to show you something. 2 Corinthians 9.10 says, God gives seed to the farmer and food to those who need to eat. God will also give you seed and multiply it in your lives. He will increase the things you do that have his approval. What's he saying? Here's what God's saying. That if you'll commit to being a sower, God will make sure you have a seed to sow. As long as you commit to sowing, God will give you something to sow. But if you're just sitting on the seed, waiting for it to miraculously jump up out of your pocket, it's not going to happen. Quiet, but it's good, isn't it? Pastor, I wish I had something to give. I wish I had some way to work. I wish I had a ministry. That will never happen as long as you keep just saying that and praying that. It will only happen when you put purpose, when you decide to act upon that. So how are we going to live a victorious life? Well, first thing is we got perseverance. We say we're not going to quit no matter how we feel. Secondly, we're going to remain committed to a purpose of serving others because serving others will get us through that. I'm going to give my way and work my way and serve other people out of this funk. And thirdly, perspective Proverbs 16 9 said a person may plan his own journey but the Lord directs his steps I wish if you had a I made this statement earlier and people just sat there and looked at me so I so I ended up having to make it again because I told them I said I got something you ought to write down and they didn't believe me I told them this and they didn't believe me and I made the statement and then everybody I seen them screw up their, their pens and started I said I, I, I wasn't joking that's why I told you all the first time you ought to write this down because it's a good statement. So I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you the warning right now. If you want this, here it goes. This is something that you may carry with you. This is something that you may put in your Bible. And someday you'll come across this, just a little, a little saying that you wrote down and you put it in your Bible. And you're like, oh, wow, that is true. Listen to this. A disappointment to you may turn out to be an appointment from God. And I'll say that again, because even though you were trying, I said it too fast. But you were trying, so I'm going to say it again. A disappointment to you may turn out to be an appointment from God. I think that we need to attempt to see God at work in what we're going through rather than immediately allowing it to steal our joy and become a source of discouragement. The very thing that God is trying to use to do something great in your life, you spend the 90% of your prayer trying to pray that away. This thing discourages me. Y'all remember how a, an oyster makes a pearl? It's something like this. A grain of sand gets into that shell and the oyster begins to wrap layer upon layer of beauty around that grain of sand until it has created this beautiful pearl. 
years ago, a poet penned some words that I thought were appropriate for this as an illustration. This tale has a moral, for isn't it grand what an oyster can do, an oyster can do with a morsel of sand? And what couldn't we do if we'd only begin with some of the things that get under our skin? Right? Things get under your skin, and what do you do? When they get under your skin, what do you do? Immediately start binding the devil, don't we? We start rebuking the devil. We start praying. We start trying to get I mean, the very first sign of any adversity, the very first sign of any of anything coming against it. The very first thing we want to do is start rebuking that and praying and getting and asking God to get this off of me and get this away from me. And instead of saying, God, are you trying to create a pearl here? Is there something beautiful about to come from this situation? If I could just keep my perspective right. If I could just keep my mind right. One day, a little boy decided to go out in the yard and play baseball. Didn't have nobody to play with, so he's playing by himself. He took his bat and his ball. He went out into the yard. And as he was getting ready to play, he said to himself out loud, I am the greatest hitter in the world. He psyched himself up, pitched the ball in the air, swung and missed. He said, strike one. So he got his focus Got his grip, got his focus, got his mind right, threw the ball in the air the second time, swing and a miss, strike two. This time he really got serious about it. He spit on his hands. He grabbed the bat. He really looked at the ball. Remember, don't ever take your eye off the ball. I mean, everything he'd ever been taught, threw the ball in the air, swing and a miss, strike three. And he stood there for a minute, and then he said, I'm the greatest pitcher in the world. It's all a matter of perspective, isn't it? How are you going to see this? How are you going to view this? The Bible says that as believers, we already have the victory. We win. I mean, that's already settled. Isn't that awesome that you're on a team that we already know the outcome we can't even describe, we can't even begin to fathom what the victory looks like at the end. I mean, we cannot even imagine what heaven is going to be. We just can't even imagine what victory looks like. Not a question. There's not a question in any of our minds that we all want to get there. Am I right? I mean, it's our goal. It's our hope. We all want to get there. We all want to win, but sometimes we don't feel like we're winning right now. But the Bible says we still are. Because it doesn't matter how we feel. We established that. It matters what we know. That's called faith. Faith has said we already have won. So what we have to do is we've got to, we've got to remember the next season of hardship that comes into our life. We need to remember this word. We need to say to ourselves when that moment, when that time comes... Okay, man, this is tough. This one, this one hurt. But I'm not going to quit. That's perseverance. And I'm going to serve my way out of this. That's purpose. And even if it looks like I'm striking out, 
I'm going to remember that I'm the greatest pitcher in the world. That's perspective. And all of a sudden, we look up and we realize, oh, I'm living a victorious life. Mine is a life of victory. I'm going from win to win instead of loss to loss. Well, pastor, I'm ill. How can can that be true? I'm telling you that your illness might be a pearl that God is about to unveil to the world. Your brokenness might be a pearl. Your loss might be a pearl. Your disappointment might be an appointment. It is natural to try to pray those things away, isn't it? But how about if we if we could just this is week 3 on this whole mind thing. Man, if we could just if we could just get a hold of this I already won. My faith says that the outcome is already decided. All I got to do is not quit, keep serving, keep my mind right. If I don't quit, I have to win. Isn't that awesome? How many of you, that's your word? How many of you stand to your feet right now and say, that's my word today. I need to hear that word today. Stand to your feet very quickly. Who am I talking to? Come on. This is a word I needed to hear. Come on, stand to your feet. That was my word right there. I need to hear that word today. God brought me here to hear that word today. Come on. Who else? I needed to hear that today. Pray with me. Holy Spirit, come on. Holy Spirit, come on right now. Holy Spirit, come down on this place right now. Holy Spirit, begin to rain down on these people. Let this word, God, let this word, not my word, but your word. Let this word take root in our hearts and produce fruit. I accept this word and I cling to this word and it will change my life. I am choosing by faith to live a life of victory. Lord, for the one who's struggling with perseverance right now, I pray you'd give them that that extra shot in the arm so they won't quit. Lord, for that one who's struggling, looking for purpose, what is my purpose? What is your will? God, help them just start moving, start doing, and in that they will discover their place to serve. God, for that one whose perspective has just really gotten off track because it's just been one hit after another, I pray, oh Lord, help them right now to start having the mind of Christ, the mind of victory. Lord, your word tells us that we are more than overcomers, that we are champions. We are winners. Not in our own flesh, God, we're a mess. But Lord, in you, in you, we are all things. And we have all things at our disposal. And every resource is at our fingertips when we are accomplishing your will. Now I pray encouragement on these folks that are standing. 
whatever reason they stood for, how many, however many of these reasons they stood, Lord, begin to work in their heart and work in their mind and work in their soul. I'm reminded as I'm praying the verse of Scripture. David prayed, and I don't know where it, just, it, where it just came from, but I think that maybe this is someone's prayer where David said, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew in me a right spirit. Cast me not away from your presence, but restore unto me the joy of your salvation, and then I'll teach transgressors your way. Is that your prayer right now? Tell God, create in me a clean heart. Create in me a clean heart. Create in me a clean heart. Renew in me a right spirit. Oh God, don't give up on me. Cast me not away from your presence. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. God, bring back my joy. praise and glory Lord I praise you for your spirit that's moving I can sense you beginning to move Lord and I'm open I want you to know Lord we're open to the moving of your spirit do what you want to do do what you want to do for some of you right now the Holy Spirit is working through that word and through that prayer that created me a clean heart renew a right spirit the Lord is working on you I want you to step out wherever you're at come on if that's you come on get in the altar right now that this is the Holy Spirit moving right now. Come down and pour out your heart before God. Come on, there's, we're going to sing a song here in a minute. But before we get into it, I want you to come. I want you to come down to these altars. Those of you that are standing, come to the altars. Those of you that are not, come to the altar. Those of you that need prayer, what are, where's our prayer team? Any of our prayer team members, if they're here, they, they, they can scatter around the room and they'll be here to pray for you. You can see them walking around different places. They want to pray for you. If you need prayer, we want to pray for you. But I want y'all just to come. You can stand or you can kneel, whatever it is you feel led to do. During this song, I want you just I, I want you just to let this utilize this time to let this word make its change in your heart. Will you do that? God, just telling Lord, created me a clean heart, renew a right spirit. Don't cast me away. Oh God, help me. Help me to get my mind straight. Help me with my purpose and my perspective. Lead us. Let's pray.